Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. Yeah, so today, kind of, you know, chat about like the the topic is mixing mind with space. Um, This was a um, a phrase that I got from Trigam Chumpa. I've used it in one of his uh, one of his books, and um, yeah, I really I really liked um, that phrase, mixing mind with space. And Choigam Chupa was talking about this in relationship to um, a, a particular practice of just watching thoughts arise, watching them abide, and watching them fall away. <clears throat> and he he likes to use the word, um, you know, experience instead of awareness. Like when we're really watching and, and looking, uh, a lot of times we use the word awareness, you know, bringing awareness to something. Uh, he, he likes the word experience, um, just simply experience uh, what is. Uh, and that way, there's not that imputation of uh, the observer of, or someone or something looking, which is always a little bit problematic. I, I kind of l- like to look at it as um, a stepping stone. So like we, we use this term like observer, neutral observer, watcher, all of that stuff. Um, you know, there's really no watcher, but um, but it's a good stepping stone just to like take a take a step back, right? But by by uh, bringing this um, this conscious awareness of of the experience, or just being with the experience, and to be with the experience, there has to be some kind of consciousness there. Then we're moving. We're bringing space to that. So we're going to go over a little bit about how to do that and what this means. Um, so, Don, did you get the the email that I sent? Um, just the first part, so the first six, the process of moving away from beingness. Cool, so... Yeah, it's kind of fun actually being able to share stuff um, on Zoom. <laughs> um, we had to do handouts, remember, before. Um, so yeah, this is just something that I, I kind of put together um, that we can kind of go over step by step. And uh, I'd kind of, I just titled this process of moving away from being this. And maybe what we could do yeah, in the kind of just start off is take a look at maybe some experiences of pure beingness. Uh, I think many of us in, in, in meditation have experienced this this place and this is like the number one here. Hold on, I see a new message. Um, save paper, yeah. <laughs> um, so number one, we see stillness, pure spaciousness in meditation. So. I think many of us have experiences of meditation, but even if we haven't, we've experienced um, an instance and something in our lives, a situation where we're just fully present, we're just fully, fully there uh, for that experience without laying anything on top of it. So 
we see stillness just as, as pure spaciousness in meditation. So we're just with the experience, maybe you felt this where everything has drifted away and you're simply being, and this is when the meditation drops off, there's really nothing to do here, just simply in, in beingness itself. And we talk about this next step quite a bit, we all experience this, is that when we have some stillness, the mind usually gets restless and it wants to take some ownership over it or it wants to add some kind of dialogue or commentary on top of it, right? So uh, the, the, second, the second thing here is the mind jumps in and creates an I. So the mind creates an experiencer here. And so this is the first step away from beingness. Right, that this is the actual, this is the first step, which leads to uh, the, the number three. In that moment, there is subject and object, and now part of space is solidified. And so this concept of solidification of space, you know, this, you know, we're doing it all the, all the time. So we actually want, we want space, we want freedom. And let's say in, in, in meditation, whenever we you know, experience it, it's, it's very peaceful um, and we want to abide there. But then we create something out of it. So in that spaciousness, in that infinite potentiality, in that openness, we create a thing out of it. So part of that space now becomes solidified. It can become an eye, it can become um, some kind of conceptual thingness and that's that stagnation it's that it's that something fixed right so we lose we're losing a lot of pers um, uh, we're, we're, we lose the, the freedom there and from that solidification the very moment we solidify space in that way uh, if we look at like number four we start creating, we start adding on to. Instead of experiencing what is and what we are, oh, so we're creating, adding on to, instead of experiencing what is and what we are. So again, so this, 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 this moving away, so what we want is this experience of, of just pure beingness. And now we lose all investigation as well, uh, this, this uh, aspect of what we are and abiding in what we are, now we're losing touch with that. And, and now we're moving into fabrication. Now we're adding on to, right? And I, I put, I think, somewhere in here too, but I'll just kind of say it now. It's, a, it's like the, the material for like all phenomena everything that's arising. Um, it's like we're looking at it as a creative project, like it, it becomes like material for, for creation. So a thought comes up, an emotion comes up, sensation, phenomena come up, and we're using that as uh, kind of a fuel to create something more, to enhance something more, and to fabricate an experience of freedom in a lot of instances, especially in our, in our practice, instead of actually being with the innate freedom that's already here. So, so 
bringing that pure, that instance of that, that actual beingness or that experience. So let's say experiencing beingness, that's the spaciousness. So when we say mixing, um, mixing mind with space, so mind is a right, everything's arising in mind. Um, and we're mixing it with the space of our own beingness, right? And in the beginning, we have to mix this a little bit at a time because we're not, you know, we just bring a little bit of space in, in every moment as we bring um, our beingness into it. And because it's like it's like the um, like samsara is so strong, and we could only feed in moment to moment. We're just feeding a little bit of stillness in, a little bit at a time, like for a few seconds at a time, <laughs> because it, it like it collapses so fast, right? So we could be with experience, and we're like, oh, there it is, and then psh, boom, it collapses again. But the more we become familiar with that space, we start to see the dissonance. We start to see, oh, this is beingness, and this is my idea of beingness, or this is me trying to be something in beingness, right? So the, the, the key is to keep moving back, moving back, and resting right in that beingness, right in that part. And I wanna read something here um, from Chuangam Chupa as well. And he just spells out a very kind of more basic concept, but it's actually just spelling it out here for us, right? Um, one of the problems meditators experience is that there is a slight, almost subconscious, guilty feeling that they ought to be doing something rather than just experiencing what goes on. When you begin to feel that you ought to be doing something, you automatically present millions of obstacles to yourself. Meditation is not a project, it is a way of being. You can experience that you are what you are. Fundamentally, fundamentally, sitting there and breathing is a very valid thing to do. And we all get that, so we all get that. It's almost a guilty feeling that, oh, I should be doing something, right? So it's not valid, you know, sitting, this is a crazy experiment, you know, that like sitting here for a half an hour like we did and not doing anything. Obviously, it's a crazy experiment in a way for our mind to deal with. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> this is silly. Like we're not, we should be, we should be accomplishing. So there's all that momentum, all that momentum pulling us away from the beingness and wanting to solidify spaciousness. And so that solidification isn't real. There's beingness and spaciousness in everything that we fabricate. So even though if we fabricate, uh, fa fabricate the I, it, 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 it's just that. It's an imp imputation onto spaciousness. So it's actually not solid, but we solidified just through concept. We solidified space into something. And so this something, which is not really a thing, it's still just the beingness, we call it an I, for example. And so now that we've done that, now this I is definitely going to perceive other things in relationship to itself, right? So number five, now we are no longer concerned with how we are and what we are, but how the world is. 
I'm going to go into more on that with moving towards beingness. But so this is interesting because in 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 the first experience, we're really concerned with investigating and staying curious with how we are as beingness. But as soon as we shift, it's like this. It's like this samsaric shift, you know, like into um, the outer. Now we're more concerned with the projections of mind other than mind, right? What we're projecting out. Space becomes a new world of solidification, a world of objects, which are ultimately our own projections. So when we speak of emptiness and, and whatnot, we're trying to get back to this. Um, Anybody, hold on, I just went to chat here for a moment, excuse me. Um, anybody having issues with chat? Uh, Mindia is having issues. Can everyone else see the what's been chatted? Everyone else can? Okay. Okay, cool. So when we speak of emptiness, we're getting back to uncovering. Um, how are these projections? Like, how are these projections um, uh, being, you know, basically created out of out of thin air in in a sense, right? Um, so, yeah, anything more on moving away from being this? So, yeah, they all kind of go together. Um, go ahead, Don, if you don't mind and putting in the moving towards beingness list. And excuse any typos if they're in here. I just gotta wrote these out, but. All right, so this is a list is not like chronological or anything. Um, moving towards beingness. So how do we kind of stay in that realm of beingness and and spaciousness again moving back to how do we bring um, how do we mix uh, spaciousness with the mind so we could feel more of that spaciousness realizing each moment we can experience something without it becoming a creative project which I you know pointed to this um, and again back to that quote as well can we be with something with without doing something with it you know watching that urge uh, to to make something happen and again too a lot of the times this is because we are we are uh, passionately trying to create the fixed self and to kind of keep that fixed self in place whatever idea it is that we have about ourselves if we look a lot of our projections um, a lot of the things that, we, that we're trying to do, we're trying to become and solidify um, this idea of self. This is, um, this is very, very core uh, to, to, this, to this urge uh, to, to protect as well, to protect this sense of self, to further this self's status in some way. Uh, it, it all uh, revolves around that. So we can kind of look at the why, like why do we want to do something all the time? Like what's, what's really at the, the core basis of that desire or craving? Like why do we do that? 
Notice that space is the opening, the second one. Notice that space is the opening that occurs when we do not habitually follow the phenomena. So in, in meditation, when we, when we find ourselves in this beingness, of course this comes from the non-following. It actually comes from the non-doing. When we have consecu consecutive moments of non-doing, we're like, wow, this is cool. I'm just here and I'm, I'm in beingness and I'm not even doing anything. You know, this is like the, the really core uh, realization that I can, I, I really can be the, 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 the peace that I'm seeking outside. I really can be that. So these consecutive moments of non-doing, these consecutive moments of not following every little thought and emotion and body sensation and then we arrive into what we are and again that becomes our quote-unquote like a con kind of concern you know like of our attentional value just it becomes it rests here right it rests here it's uncovering who we are when we're not following these thoughts emotions body sensations this is an incredible uh, epiphany like this is really what i am um, very, very few opportunities to actually notice this, right? Very, very few opportunities to notice what am I, what I'm not chasing. Uh, these things that I've solidified in my mind, these so-called objects. So number three, notice what it feels like to become an object. This is really, really, really a beautiful aspect. It's a beautiful aspect of meditation becoming anger, joy, etc. Maybe for the first time that we become, we become cognizant of actually what it feels like to become anger. Like usually we're just anger, we don't really think anything of it, it's a part of life, and it's part of our, it's just part of being human, it's just no one even really thinks anything of it, or becoming something. We don't really even realize we have choices. So being that we're not coming from a place of beingness, Things arise, we grab onto them, and then we become them. We self-identify with them. We become that energy. So when that spaciousness becomes solidified into something, we become that something. And to, and to when we practice mindfulness, we are awake to that. And again, we see that, distant, that dissonance. Oh, there's stillness and, and peacefulness. And then something arises. I attach my attention you know, to it. Um, and I, I move towards that, and I really feel like I am that. You know, now I'm not that spaciousness anymore. I really am that. But then, in the next moment, I'm this. In the next moment, I'm confused. In the next moment, I'm I'm joyful. In the next moment, I'm happy. In the next moment, I'm I'm bored. In the next moment, it goes on and on. And so, how how we move back towards beingness is. Like Chungam Chupa started out by saying, is that we're just experience. We move, we move into the experience. We move into the experience of anger, and so we have to be conscious of this. So we're bringing that consciousness with us, and therefore, the beingness, that's the that that awareness or um, uh, just this conscious experience of what it's like to be experiencing anger now we have now we have openness right 
And again, it's just it's just words, but we have that that we have that experiencer, right, of anger, and that experiencer sees a spaciousness, and it sees anger arising within the spaciousness, but in no way does it need to become it in any way. And so that noticing what it feels like when we jump into these phenomena is it can be very very impactful, right? A lot of wisdom. Uh, is had there. Uh, the fourth one, notice without abiding in beingness and spaciousness, there's no sense of ground. We are constantly searching. Now, this is huge. Uh, when we're bouncing around from like one phenomena to, to the next, just becoming this and becoming that, we lose lose a sense of beingness, so this is really truly being lost in samsara, right? Um, again, we for, we forgot, you know, the alaya consciousness, you know, this kind of more the the origin or the essence um, of where things come from. This this uh, basic space of phenomena that we're talking about. Um, so when we lose that. Being that there's really that's the only basis where all things originate from, we've lost we've lost the ground, right? We're in the objects, and so so no no wonder we have you know, anxieties and and insecurities and and delusion and confusion and craving and all of these things. It's because we lost the ground, you know, we lost the way because we've we have we're not again not tuned into our core nature. Uh, we're actually into these fabrications. So the way to move back towards into beingness, is, again, is to recognize uh, and to notice uh, the ungroundedness. And this is you know, the first noble truth. <laughs> this is that there's suffering and it comes from you know, this, this attachment into something outside, right? And so this is dukkha, noticing that, yeah, I can have no ground if I'm not paying attention to uh, my own beingness. And so to reflect on that. The fifth one, shifting from wanting things to be different and, focus, and focusing on being different. Again, how we look how we look at the world is completely opposite in many ways than, uh, than how we quote-unquote should be looking for sustainable happiness. We want everything else to change. <laughs> we want everything else to change. Um, but we're not looking at our own, at our own uh, shifting and changing. You know? So we're, these things, we want the things to be different. But as far as our own beingness, we're not really moment to moment most of the time, especially outside of like you know our practice, uh, working on our ourselves being different. And so moving towards beingness is actually paying attention to our own being, and working on this. This becomes the focal point of our existence, not you know changing outside uh, conditions all the time. I want this this object, you know, this something fabricated. I want this to be different and that to be different. So the whole, the whole view, this is the wrong view, of changing everything else, and we're not paying attention to changing ourselves. So it's a, when we realize this, we know to definitely, hey, 
we're kind of going off on into somewhere that's not going to be um, um, it's not going to really fix anything right we have to really work on um, ourselves and moving moving inward and I think the next one goes along with this shifting from wanting a world that behaves a certain way um, yeah, there's a typo there, behaves a certain way um, uh, instead of changing our own behavior. So we want the world to behave differently instead of focusing on ourselves behaving differently. Right? And again, just kind of wrong view of where this, this, happened, this, this, um, this contentment is actually found. And again, like we always say in, in these instances, this is not like we're not you know, trying to um, you know, practice engaging with our community and society and whatnot to change the behavior to, to a more, um, um, uh, you know, ethic, ethical behavior and whatnot. Uh, but when we're really looking at what brings our own happiness, it's kind of from this place of we become, we become this, uh, like the old, almost like a cliche saying now with uh, be the change, <laughs> be the change you want to see in the world. But it really is this, you know, we have to be that. And then we're bringing that energy into like our outer world. And then the last one, uh, be with the experience of something instead of being the something. Being with the experience of something instead of being the something. So can we be with just the pure experience of, of something and, you know, instead of being the, the doer, you know, um, being the, with the experience of it or being the something and moving into the, that attachment, moving into that energy um, and, and also even moving on, you know, after that, that moment into creation. So we see like these two uh, uh, these two ways of being, but you know, just this beingness is very, very calm and very clear. But the moment we make that decision to solidify uh, spaciousness itself, it's like a domino effect. And that very moment that that happens, we create that that eye. The very moment that that happens, all of samsara happens. It's just like that's like the origin. And then we create the self, we create the other, we create the objects, we create the attachment, we, be, we create the wrong view that really wants things and needs things, all of that. And we live in that space, in that outer, that outer world, 99.9% .9 of the time. And it's huge. It goes into our work, into our relationships, and into you know, driving, you know, traffic, and all of it all of it and then we if we if we can rewind and go back into that place back into like meditative place where we realize just beingness and then remembering that remembering that that is not a meditative state it has nothing really to do about reaching anything in meditation that that's right here it's everywhere we could be that beingness wherever we are with, with whatever we're doing in whatever whatever instance we could mix mind with with space so we could mix this moment with space the moment that we're experiencing right now 
We can mix it with space when we remember our beingness. You know, if we don't do that, then we're just, we're just, you know, uh, at, we just move into whatever the, our habits, you know, wherever our habits take us. But if we can remember this, then every moment can be flavored with this spaciousness. We don't need to create the objects. We don't need to solidify this spaciousness. So, um, so we're at, we're at eleven o'clock. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe let's just go into small groups and and um, see how this is, has landed for you guys, um, and then we can come back in, in large groups. And maybe if we have time, if not, that's okay. But if we have time, we can maybe sit and be for a moment and really kind of maybe maybe try this the, this on um, just depends on on our timing but um, yeah I'll break us up into smaller groups and um, into breakout rooms and just seeing what has uh, resonated with you if anything <laughs> and then um, we'll come back from there Welcome back, welcome back. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, just opening it up to the larger group. Um, just seeing what came up for people. Uh, Karen? So for me, it was a lot of information. It was, it was almost too much information to digest. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of felt like it almost raised more questions for me. Mm. Um, I think mostly because um, of the period just the sort of political and environmental climate that we're living in right now. Mm, and mm -hmm. um, I had been rereading Man's Search for Meaning, <laughs> Victor mm. Frankl. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess it's sort of like, where does activism... I mean, I have to tell you, you know, when I heard Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and we had an earthquake and then I was just like sitting here like, oh my God, you know. I'm not really sure how, where does activism get into all of this, I guess is, and it's probably a bigger question than, you know, that could take a lot of exploration, but I just noticed that in this period of time, I have a lot of reaction to things that are going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, <clears throat> it's a wonderful question. Um, it's one that we always have to keep in mind, um, especially if we're, you know, thinking or talking about things in more like the ultimate sense, like we have to bring it into how it works on the relative level. And, you know, with activ activism, it's really important um, to know where are we coming from? Are we coming from a place of, of love and, and compassion and, 
and universal oneness, you know, that we want the best for everybody? Or are we coming um, from a place of anger and division and separateness? And I'm seeing this a lot, you know, and, and you know, activism and, and it's, it's like angry activism. It's not like anger can't be the motivation for activism. And, and yet the energy in which we're, if we're, if we're acting from that place, then we're going to create that. You know, we can't look at the uh, Gandhi and Martin Luther King and Mother Teresa and say they were acting from a place of anger and acting from a place of division. They were like these whole beautiful uh, beings and they were bringing that, they were, they were holding that and say, look at this, look at what togetherness looks like, look at what love looks like, this is, this is what we need. And so this is not non-action, you know, and, and again, and just to break it down, you know, we, we've spoke, spoken about, about this a lot, is that, is that the ultimate truth, you know, we are this beingness and, and whatnot, and, and we create from this space, everything we're talking about today, relative truth, there's separateness, relative reality, um, samsaric reality, it's a reality, there is separateness, there is division, there are others, there's me, there's you, there's other objects and whatnot. And compassion rules, compassion rules the relative reality. Wisdom rules the ultimate reality. We need both. We need to hold on to compassion, but we also need to always recognize the nature of things. We need the nature of impermanence, the nature of interdependence, the nature of emptiness. And this allows our compassion to stay extremely resilient, extremely strong, and not, not fall into attachment. So it actually becomes, um, it, it can actually be broken down when we don't hold that, that, those wisdom pieces intact, right? So it's actually, it's really important uh, for the sustainability of our activism to, to, to consistently being in touch with this, um, these ultimate wisdom factors um, and, and who and what we are. So we know that we're moving from this place and also too, we're not moving from a place of, of attachment, we're moving from a place of reality, knowing that things shift and change. We had one political party before this one that was very different. And, and the next one might be very different, you know? So e even just lo looking at that, it, it creates some spaciousness, you know, within, within our being. So um, yeah, so those factors are really important when we move forward. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, is it Judith, Judy Fenn? Sorry. It's Judith Ann. Judith Ann, wonderful. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, uh, you said you were talking about uh, the uh, the place of uh, being beingness that that's our that's our true nature. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then that uh, that we can behave out of that. We can learn who our true what our true nature is about, right? And that we can behave in terms of that, rather than in terms of all of the attachments to feelings and and thoughts that cause us uh, suffering. So, 
so what I'm thinking is that in terms of activism, then somehow we, we want to be there. We want to be in touch with what our true nature is, which is compassion and love, right? Okay, mm -hmm. that, that, that's all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know how we do that. I mean, I don't know how to do that. But <laughs> A little bit at a time, you know, we're, oh. we're, we're not really learning, we're unlearning, um, you know, how to be, yeah, and it's like, it's just a little taste at a time, you know, it's like, and again, we can't, we can't know ourselves, who, who we truly are, if we are just kind of addicted to, to following um, every little thing that comes on by, but, so just a little bit at a time, you know, we're, we're tasting uh, who we are. Yeah, uh, Dawn, and then Kate. Okay, so first I'll just say that I love this talk and it really, really, I mean, I felt it deeply. I guess what, this is a, a, a large question, but if this is really who we are, and this is, uh, why is it so, why is it not come more naturally? Um, and this is maybe a further exploration from the time of you know being an infant, but it feels so natural, those moments. And like when you say it, and when I do experience what you were talking about, which is transcend, um, it feels so true and natural that I guess, what's at the, and I, I don't expect you to answer this, Casey, but if you do have the answer, that would be really sweet. Oh, uh, you know, what actually happened? They, what, why are we so lost as a, as a, and doing it so differently? So what was, I mean, what was the kernel that, what was the shifting point? What was that pivotal change? I mean, were we ever doing this? Why? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've thought about that a ton and I, I don't yeah. know the, 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 yeah. the answers. Like, you know, I don't know, but I will say that, um, like, I don't know why we've made that shift out of beingness, you know, but um, I will say that, like when you said, why isn't this come natural? It does. I mean, I know it's a, it's a habit. It's, it's a habit of grasping mind, grasping out of that place. I don't know why we created that habit, but it's important to know that this is natural. Like if you, yeah. if you let go of everything else, you can never let go of this. You know what I mean? It's still there. If you don't do anything at all, it's still here. It's the most natural thing that we could do mm -hmm. is just be. We have to jump out of being this every moment to, to get away. It's like we're running away from it almost by grabbing mm -hmm. onto things and following yeah. things and doing. So we could easily tell that it's our essence because when we just don't touch anything at all, we end up there. So it is the most natural thing why we've habituated ourselves into this unnatural grasping mind. I, I have no idea, but. Thank you. Yeah. And then, um, then Kate and then Shannon and then Anthony. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much, Casey. Um, I really like what you said about the moment of being in spaciousness and then creating the eye and that in that moment, everything else is happening at the same time because that is the moment of sort of entering samsara. And I think, you know, on the following on what other people have said, like samsara and this, in, this, this 
moment of going from the spaciousness to grasping to um, solidifying something is is a delusion is it is it not and samsara is full of delusion and 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 attachment and aversion you know that's the that's the world of delusion attachment and aversion and and you know a lot of what's difficult in our climate i it's there's a lot to react to there's a lot of bad news individual pieces of bad news but sometimes I like to just think of it as like a swirl of greed, aversion, and delusion, you know? And so in that, when you're, that's samsara, like all the things to be reacting against and all the things to be angry about and all the things to, you know, that's all within the sort of world of samsara. Um, and so I really liked, you see how you said, like, it's not like a, multi-step process it's sort of like an inner out <laughs> as soon as you've made the the eye you're there you're in the samsaric you know cog you know you're now a cog in the wheel of of, of the samsara um so i really like that point in particular uh thanks yeah and if we hold on to our beingness like samsara is fine it's, there's nothing wrong with samsara and you know enjoying everything about it it's that we've we jump fully in and even forget the beingness. And even like if we're being activist and, and all this stuff, just holding on to that beingness and then everything's okay. It's like there's nothing wrong actually with samsara. Um, you know, it's, it's not like we're in this bad place. It's just that we're in it in a weird way. And that's what creates the suffering part. Yeah, and then uh, Shannon. Thank you, Casey. Um, your wonderful talk as always. Um, oh, thanks. Something that I was thinking about was just, I think you mentioned about like sort of your goal mindset that you get in. Um, and I was just noticing for myself that during the week, it's really challenging to fit in um, a meditation practice that doesn't feel goal oriented. Um, and like 15 minutes is about all I can give myself. <laughs> it's like, okay, you have 15 minutes and you can just be for 15 minutes. That's it. That's all you get. So I'm, so, you know, I'm trying to drop in at, in other moments. Like, oh, I have a break right now. Like, you know, have my 10 minute students are, you know, having their break or whatever. And I can just like try to check in and say, I'm, you know, just to be here for a minute. And, um, Anyway, it's just, I think it's, it's important to, it's, it was important for me to kind of see how that I am, um, it's really challenging to drop into like a, a goalless type of meditation during the week. But yeah, Sunday comes and it feels like, whew, I can just be here. I can rest. I can be with my community and I can um, actually really drop in. And that's, I really treasure that. And I, and I'm grateful to everybody for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to be mindful of time. Um, so just a couple things. If um, uh, we have the mindful communication occurring events, as you see in the chat box um, that Adrian sent over, um, that's happening. Um, we also have a, oh yeah, so Sue put in the, the, the Donna um, little chat. We have, um, so check the newsletter because I forget the exact time because a lot of times in my head of the Wednesday meetup um, in 
in, in the park, Marina Pacific Park, this coming Wednesday. I believe it's 5 or 5.30. And then we also have the first, um, we're doing a men's Dharma group. And that's um, starting um, tonight as well at, at 5. Um, so just bringing, uh, you know, all of that. And then, um, and then if you have to drop off, I, cool. And then if you want to just stay on, um, uh, you can. Uh, I want to go ahead and give Anthony a chance to, to say something as well. Uh, I think you're on mute. Enjoyed your talk and I enjoyed the discussion and Big Mouth Anthony does not have to say anything else today. <laughs> <laughs> So Always love what you say. Always okay. love what you say. Yeah. Beautiful discussion. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. Thank you all. So, so nice to see everybody. Um, and yeah, sorry, that was a lot of information. Hopefully the lists helped. It's uh, kind of why I wanted to bullet point it out. Um, hopefully you can copy and paste that stuff. Um, and that's helpful. So Really enjoyed everyone's presence. Uh, maybe just let's close our eyes just for just for a moment. Just dedicate the merit. Um, think of, of all all beings everywhere and all directions and all times. May all beings be happy. May they all be free from suffering. May somehow, some way, the good merit generated in this practice go to all of them. May all beings reach Nirvana. Om Mani Padme Hum. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.